Welcome to the About Effing Time podcast. We have <laughs> we have like most of the crew here. Mm. We have Darren, we've got Andrew, and then we have Man of the Hour, Man of the Match, Marcus. Marcus. How are you guys doing? Very good, Adrian, and I'm very, very pleased to be here for this little uh, moment in time. It's really, uh, really quite nice. Um, it's a shame to not have George here, but, uh, you know, yes. hopefully uh, we can Where is uh, George? still have some fun. Yeah, where is he? Gallivanting around the world. I'm I'm never entirely sure, but it it hmm. no doubt there'll be there'll be it'll be exotic. There'll be running videos from wherever he is, uh, which is positive thoughts. You know, yep. There'll be, <laughs> and uh, there'll be this little corduroy Snoopy. I think he sent you one too, Adrian. He sent me a corduroy he did. Snoopy, and I shared it straight away. And I th- and and then it wasn't until maybe two or three weeks later that he shared my sharing of the Snoopy. So I wonder if I broke some sort of embargo. I don't know what the deal was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I felt bad for, for getting excited about it. Yeah. So George, he can sit in camera. He'll sit with me and be the George representative. But if you haven't seen this cutest, as as, as cute as pie, little corduroy black limited edition Bamford blue and black Snoopy, check it out because it's rad. And uh, it's just something about... Stuff like this, it's just exciting as an adult. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a kid alt, but I just saw this and just got really, I felt like a kid again. It, it's, it's, it's one of the, the funny things that George, rock and roll George, can make something so cute and cuddly rock and roll as well. He's, he's, he's got that now. Yeah, true. He's got a, yeah. a funny old name. What neck. are we talking about right, today, guys, Adrian? Are we talking about soft toys? What are we talking about? We are talking about soft toys. We're talking about pulling the trigger. So, um, lit, I feel bad now. Having suggested to Marcus <laughs> that we cut out a massive part of the story of uh, him buying his watches, but on the episode, on the the stolen watch episode, just in case you're wondering, mm. that there was a longer version. There's like a there's a redux, isn't there? Yeah, there is. <laughs> there, yeah. there is, and and there was there was like a, a good twenty twenty five minutes that I suggested we cut out, and it was essentially <laughs> Marcus's journey <laughs> of transitioning from. Being a watch buyer of mm. terrible wooden watches, yeah, uh, I got stitched up for saying that. Like our our social no, guy said, is Andrew a prick for, for for saving Marcus from his terrible taste? No, well, he, they didn't say it that way. They just said, you know, is this? <laughs> they effectively stitched me up, and I'm like, come on, guys, <sighs> this is these these hurt my eyes. Yeah, you don't want to be buying wooden watches, but Marcus transitioned from <laughs> buying wooden watches to then going through some really cool and very um, niche choices before ending yeah. up on a Tudor. So I wanted to mm. talk about, all of us, um, our journeys of, especially in our position of being in, in, in press, getting hands-on with so many watches, when do we decide that this is the one? This is mm. the, this is where we put our money. And we're talking about hard-earned, aren't we, Adrian? Because yeah, there's that, a lot it, of people yeah. listening who think that watches are gifted and that we 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 just don't pay anymore because obviously for a brand there's a significant you know uh there's you'll get there andrew just keep 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 going you'll you'll get there (laughs) no there's 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 a lot of reasons why a brand would give us a free watch but we still buy watches and that's what we're talking about it's the it's those moments where your palpit your heart rate goes up 
you you think about your marriage and whether you'd like to keep it, you know, you all of these things that you know <laughs> that go through the mind. Wrong. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no, it's a I think it's a sexy topic. It, it's a it's a heart racing topic because you know, that that is where we are all the same as much as you might yeah. think that our, our bizarre lives in watches somehow make us fundamentally different. It's that feeling that we're chasing, isn't it? It's that yes, exactly. That rush. Here's a here's a thought. I wonder if you got like someone, and you sat them down, and they're not a watch person, and then if you laid out like twenty watches in front of them, and then yeah, let's say you had a fair few people to do this test on. I wonder what they would end up choosing. Like, and I'm talking people that don't know any brands, right? So where would they land? And I'm guessing that that would be probably pretty scattered because it would just then be a true representation of who that individual is and just what they naturally gravitate to from an aesthetic perspective because I feel like that's the way that I was considering watches when I was looking at pulling the trigger. I wasn't really paying too much attention to what watch experts were saying. It was more like what do I like or what resonates with me? And so – Part of the episode that was cut out was the first one that I really I got super close to to pulling the trigger on, and that was a Zenith Pilot with the big crown, uh, the big onion crown, and it was that distressed sort of um, fatigued kind of metal fascinated yeah, metal. It was just dark metal. You know what? And I still I, I looked at those. Um, images again, even when I was cutting the episode, and because I put B roll in there, and I'm like, yeah, man, I still like it. I still like that watch. It's really good. <laughs> but in the end, Andrew, because it was the first big boy choice, he he gave good advice, which was, look, if this is going to be the only big boy watch you buy, I think that maybe that's a little bit too niche. And if you're planning on giving it to your, your son, maybe are they going to really like a watch of that magnitude on their wrist and things like that. So that was good advice. Nonetheless... I gravitated towards it just because of the way it looked and what it said about it resonated with my character. And um, and I think, to me, that's more important than Adrian Barker telling me whether it's a solid, reliable choice. Or, or, well, don't listen to that guy anyway. Or, or Andrew, or Andrew <laughs> McCutcheon, for that matter. You know, so... Um, but, or that guy. Yeah. So, I mean, look, people listen to us because of what we talk about and what we say about all these new watches and why it's great and what to consider... But I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? If you If you were to do that experiment, what do you think would be the outcome? On On, on that point about listening to other people, I I, I think it's it, it's actually a very from a, a, well, everyone who's listened to this podcast will, will be a seasoned buyer. But I think it's a very useful point of don't blindly listen. Don't don't tune into someone and say, "All right, someone this guy says that this watch is good, therefore I'm going to get it." And I I always say with my content, and and I know that that, that you your guys all come from a good place of. I just want to throw up thoughts. Have you thought about the fact that the the faux rivets on the Black Bay Fifty Eight are, are so awesome? Don't, yeah, so just uh, awesome. Yeah, I know. Great. I agree. They're really great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about how? <laughs> I did think of that, Adrian. That's why I the lack of micro adjustment. <laughs> Have you thought about how important a micro adjustment is on on the on the class? So it's always it's always talking points. Um, but but to, to your point about if you had to put um, civilians, let's say, in in a room with with a whole lot of watches, what would they choose? Well, well one of, one of my best mates wanted a, a watch for his fortieth, uh, 
and uh, it, I, I often turned people to either Hamilton or, or um, Christopher Ward. And I, I thought he'd go for uh, a, a bezeled diver from Christopher Ward. And he actually ended up going with a, a bronze field watch with a translucent dial. See, Shit, there you go. A, See, there you that's, go. That's quite wow. left field. Yeah. And I thought, mm. that, and, and, and also on screen, I thought, dude, that's not you. And we went for dinner last night. It's like, dude, that is so you. <laughs> it yep. looks awesome. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, I, I, you're so right. It, it isn't it isn't necessarily the the normal, the black dialed sports watches. It, it, it can be anything. And yeah. my, my dad's a, a good example of that as well. He's got some crazy eco drives from Citizen, which do absolutely everything. Nothing. I would not touch those watches with a barge pole. But for him, they're, they're, they're his go-to. Isn't that fascinating? Not, not, to, not, not to necessarily, unnecessarily deep dive, but the, the disconnect between what we think people are and what they really are yeah. is sometimes where where the watch sits mm. it is that yeah. it's that self-expression for somebody that you might say wow a bel canto of all the watches i thought you'd choose, you've chosen <laughs> sure. the bel canto mm. that is you know uh, that that's probably one of the great uh, i think that that's one of the things that makes watches far more than just objects to me because there's such a personal self-expression that and and I think if there's one thing that's really dismayed me and made me lose interest in watches over the last three four years, it's something Ben Clymer actually talked about on a podcast I list or on a sh- on a video I listened to where he talked about the it's it's just kind of a bummer that there's been a, such a homogenization of taste. There's this people chasing the same few brands mm. and the same few models, mm. but uh, to to answer the question, bring it back to the the point that for me, what pulls the trigger is the feeling that that's as you said Marcus what we when, on the tutor episode you talk about it, it it says something about you and the person you are mm. what makes me pull the trigger is when a watch comes along that aligns with where i am at with what i want to say about myself Correct. and that that does sound very deep but if we're honest that that's probably true for most of us mm. and sometimes a watch comes along it's like and i think i said a watch has to offer me a new chapter. It has to be an exciting new part of my life that I, I, I'm not there yet. And then when I wear it, then I can commence that. So they're the, they're the elements that, that really can just out of nowhere blindside me. Like when I bought the Moza um, Pioneer Central Seconds, I was starting to really appreciate indie brands and I was starting to look outside of the the standard big box yep, stuff. I remember and me that. buying a Moser. You remember that? I do and remember just that. How, yeah. It was a big it was Oh, a big my moment. heart. I was 200 beats a minute. I was so exhilarated by this idea that I was going to invest a lot of money. I think 20,000 Australian dollars in a, in an indie brand. Mm. The Pioneer Central Seconds Midnight Blue. It's this beautiful dial, Adrian, as you look it up. It's the, one of the most lush blue dials that's ever been made. But I got... It was the perfect timing... For Andrew, the guy that had been doing Cartier and Amiga and Rolex and Tudor, to be suddenly uh, wearing something completely different because it, it reflected that I was now also an indies guy. And you were maturing. Is, it was a maturing move, man. It really yeah, was. So yeah. that's what makes me pull the trigger. It is. It's, it's, it's very it's kind of like a. It's kind of like a, a a mature, sexy sports watch. Yep. It's, oh, it's, it's, a hun- it's it gone. is Moses' answer to a sports watch. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 
But it yeah, was big cool. and it has lots of things that are very interesting about it that like the scalloped sides, it's got some really interesting design quirks, but it was just that big actual, you could feel how, how it was like a big velvet cushion, that blue dial. And, but it was exactly what I wanted to say to the world, which is don't think that I'm just the big box guy because the first five years of Time and Tide only featured big box brands. Mm. I'm also, I'm now getting more into, and, and the movement on that watch is is pretty spectacular. The 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 degree of finishing, the everything that went along with it was something that I wanted to say. So, that's what makes me pull the trigger. It's It comes down to where am I at and how does this watch line up with what I want to say about where I'm at. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. And you know what, actually, we we're thinking about going back to these um, wooden watches that I have. <laughs> oh, God, right? must we? Now, now, this is the one thing I want to say, because when we're talking about this lineup and, and whatever, I would argue that my choices in the early days were my my the character that I was backing up with those purchases was playfulness. And so, when I saw the first watch that was made out of wood, I straight away thought, that is fucking great. I've never seen a watch made out of wood I like it. I want that in my collection for a reason. Yeah, but, but, but because so to me it was it was just like that's that's just yeah. cool. And so because they were very popular to be fair. There's a lot of people with no taste in this world. Yeah. And so but then <laughs> but I was building I was building a collection of diversity. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Like like what I was I explained in the episode. I, I was buying watches like chicks buy shoes. And it was just like one for every kind of flavor and and color and and whatever. And so that's really what I was doing. And because they were cheap, it was like, mm, who cares? Like, even if it is a bad choice, yeah. I don't care. It's mm. not that expensive, you know. So, and now, obviously, I'm not going to be buying wooden watches anymore. But I, if someone, you know, that I meet and come along and they're wearing a wooden watch, I don't. I'm not going to look down on them. Like I don't care. That's that's well. That makes that makes one of us. <laughs> it, it's 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 more to do with the wooden. It's it's more to do with the product as opposed to the person and the purchase. So my challenge around wooden watches is that they break as soon as as soon as you get it wet or, or it gets hot and cold, hot and cold. That that wood's gonna shatter and, and yeah, it's you, not you, gonna be built to, not, to last. You're not buying a wooden watch to last. At all, yeah. you're buying a wooden watch. No, you're it. buying a wooden watch for six months or a year, and then yeah, 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 go, like, exactly. And then, and then it's going to get thrown away. And exactly, then, and then it's going to be the, it's it's the whole whole fast fashion thing. So yeah, that's the, right. the, it's certainly not 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 um not criticizing not the, the purchaser. Yeah. It's, it's 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 the product it, yeah. itself. Yeah. So um, what about you, Adrian? Back to you. So I've I've answered the what makes me pull the trigger. Like George said, there's we've talked about this on the podcast uh, or on on the show, which is all these other things, you know, the making you smile and, and I took your line there, George slash uh, Marcus, but Adrian, what about you? What, what makes you, if, have you circled around watches like Marcus circled around that Zenith and then landed on, you know, what's your example of, of Marcus's story where you've, you know, really flirted with the decision, but it just hasn't landed? <sighs> yeah, so I, I always think back to um, a time when I was going into sixth form. Do you guys have sixth form? Let's say after you've done like high school, you then go on and, and, and stay in education. And I had to get a suit for sixth form. It's called and university it, in Australia. Mm, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. So this is before university. <laughs> These are, so so we, we have high school, two years of, of sixth form, A-levels or whatever it is now. And and it, it was a transition from having a blazer for school to then getting a suit jacket. And I remember putting on the suit jacket Ooh. and it just... 
it Business locks time. into place. <laughs> That's it. And it locks into place. And and you suddenly it it held me up high and, and suddenly just it was giving me a hug, but also fueling me with energy and 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 power. And I thought, damn, this is wow. this is different. That's some soup, and, bro. Mm. <laughs> and 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 that's and that's what I've never I feel seen you in a suit. I, yeah, it doesn't obviously give you the feeling anymore. <laughs> Yesterday, I bought two, nearly three. Might go back for a third. So I I went and and got suits for two suits. Yeah, yesterday. Oh, that's, but that's please tell me they've been tailored, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it. Good. Took fucking hours, and 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 I got pricked to to. Sh- it took me about fifteen minutes to take off the trousers because I was so covered in needles, and I was oh. sweating. I was sweating trying to get these trousers off without these bastards spiking me, and they did. Me. I've never felt T- so tailor- tailoring in my life, is life. Tough. Oh wow! Oh, what wow. a prick! Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, and 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 the dude, the dude uh, about the pointy end time, of tailoring, now. which was quite cool. Yeah. Oh, did you get a, a effing discount? I didn't ask. No, I just wanted to get out and stop getting needled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but my point is, is we we get to try on so many watches, and and it doesn't matter how sexy that watch is, when you put it on your wrist, there is something else that feels different. And the the first yep. time I remember feeling it during the time of being someone who talks about watches in the industry was the the mark 18 from iwc mm-hmm. i put that on the wrist and and it was time to send it back and I, I, I and i genuinely had this feeling of i don't want to i this is cool you often get a watch and you think this is a cool watch cool i'm gonna send it back it's my, my time's done moving to the next one but sometimes something stops you and, and it's on your wrist and you think i don't want to send this back i want this to be in my collection um and and i i the only reason i didn't the only reason i waited until the mark 20 was because i could just couldn't decide on the color dial color mm. and then iwc said wait and so I waited. but let's go deeper um, into it because so you had that feeling but unpack it because when i unpack my feeling i had the same feeling about the moser i didn't want to let it go but i i, I had i went through a quite a self audit to work out what was going on like why what's going on here but have you did you do the same to work out why this was suddenly a keeper yeah and i i kind of feel like it's it like what both of you are saying that that it represents something um it represents something in you and so i like the idea i like the explorer because it's quiet it's understated and under the hood it, all right this movement shit but technically under the hood it's, it's a high performing watch and that's the same with the mark 18 it's it, yes you can get pretty much identical watch from from laco or, or or from many other brands the whole the whole dirty dozen vibe you can get from so many places but i like the idea that inside this watch it has this this heritage iron core in a case that that does the anti-magnetism it's old technology but there's something nice about it it's like putting a key in an ignition and turning it as opposed to pressing the start button there's something cool about that that old school engagement and i like the fact that this is a high highly polished movement i can't see the movement but i know that in so in the olden days you didn't have the open case backs you just had a well-performing high polished movement the pateks you pop the case back open and there's a stunning movement so i like the idea that the the fanciness is in there i don't need to it's like isn't it moser who has the tourbillon that's hidden on the back um it's moser i think yes 
Yeah, the, there's um, one, and there's it's like, the Vanta black one where there's no yeah. there's no hands on the dial and the yep. turbion and the, the, everything's on the back. Yeah, it's like we, we can do it. We don't need to show it off. And and so mm. that, that's what I like about these types of watches. And that's that's what I kind of feel like a bit of a disconnect when I wear my my two-tone Rolexes is it's like, what what is this saying? Do I like what this is saying about me? Yeah. And and it, it's, it's you, not always You were the first one to mention that anywhere on this show was when you talked about your hairdresser. And your two-tone yeah. and how you were just like embarrassed to be representing for the, the drug dealers for that day. Well, that's it. Everyone's got their chips on their shoulders. Everyone's got, got their, their demons. I've had a two-tone, by and, the way. That wasn't personal. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's it. Everyone's got their own shit going on. And, and what is, do I need to be that crazy guy walking down the street shouting at lampposts? And that's that's what sometimes it feels like when I'm wearing my 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 two tone my yeah. two tone Rolexes. It's there's a lot of people like that in my hood in London. There's a lot of people, <laughs> but they're not wearing two tone Rolexes. <laughs> <laughs> Often they're not wearing but, pants. <laughs> oh, I don't. I never wear pants. Yeah. So, uh, but, but the, kind of going back to the idea of of where where, where we're sitting, I I still love the idea of buying that that Vacheron nineteen. 21 but but do i need do i need a twenty thousand pound watch um and I, I like marcus your analogy of, of getting into a new car you've you've got mm. your old banger or, or or not even a banger you've, you've got your current reliable yeah. car that you've yeah. had for for 10 I years i reckon the s is like an get... f100 ute like it's a it's a big tough unit and then the pelagos yeah. is like a, a i don't know it's like a, nah. a new audi or something I think that the S&G is a little more classy than the, an F100 Ute. Yeah. <laughs> I love an F100. Yeah. Anyway. He's, he's getting protective now. But there's a definite turning point of something being sexy and cool and something being, yeah, this this is me. Yeah. This, this, this is what I want to represent. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe for you as hard. well, that Vacheron is kind of like, that's that, that maturing moment you know when and uh, and now I'm not being funny. I, I actually really think it is, and that's probably why you've sort of got your eyes on it because it isn't the natural one that everyone's going to gravitate towards. But it, I don't know, it says something about where you've finally got to. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just like wow, I can just appreciate this. This is just so solid and awesome and beautiful, stunning to look at, and it's a little bit different as well. Obviously, you know, with its with its, um, you know, forty five degree kind of. Uh, way it's designed and whatever. I mean, you know, to, to be honest, there's a, there's actually there's a Longines, which is a, um, I think it's a, a heritage, Avigation heritage, which is like it's, I, him, it's, yeah. it's the poor man's Vacheron 1921. And there's something about that which I also I keep having a look at that. I've had that on my wrist a few times, and I've took photos of it on my wrist. I I think I'm going to get it one day, and that's just to be playful. Um, it's not necessarily because I think it's awesome and wonderful and whatever, but it's just like, yeah, I think it, that, that that's where it gets back me back to those that decision-making process of like, I don't care what people think of this. I just like it because it's just fucking different. And that that's who I am. I'm not the same as everyone. And so I like to have things which just show that quirk in me. It's a little bit... Huh? So my journey started with that of like, okay, these are these are backing up my quirk, <laughs> and so. But now I am starting to spot the the watches which have that quality and degree of trustability to the brand and and whatever. So they will actually last. So you can still play that game of quirk, 
but be buying something which is actually that's not a waste of money. It's not. It's not going to devalue. Well, let, let's like, let's try to do a, a live example right now of um, what we're wearing, which we didn't do in the last episode, mm. and why? Because it really does align with you know this idea of what compels us, what makes us feel part of the tribe that we wear on our wrist. Uh, Adrian, do you want to lead off? What what are you wearing and why? On on this, so I'm, sort I'm wearing of, my I'm wearing my 36 millimeter Explorer, the one four two seven zero. And I'm wearing this because I I really like the the vibe it has with a, a jumper and jeans. I'd, mm. I've, the other watch I've got with me is my Apple Watch, which I sleep with, and I've got my Explorer Two. And as soon as I get off this and go grab my train, I'm going to put the Explorer Two on because I want that reliable thing. So so for me, this Explorer is very much uh, a sexy watch, but it's a piece of jewelry. Whereas my next step is I need the tool. I need the watch that to, to tell the time. I want to be able to rely on that time telling. And so my mm -hmm. Explorer 2 will go on. So right now I'm in London chilling out and I, I want a cool thing on my wrist. And so it's my Explorer. Mm. And do you use the Apple Watch for sleep data? Uh, at, it's, it's one function. And that is um, I, like to, I like it to, it has a 30 minute window for it to wake me up. So if I have to be up at half seven, it will wake me up between seven or half seven, depending on when my body is um, getting oh, what's cool. the, 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 the cycle, the, oh, the basic circadian, sleep cycle. Circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so rather than it's uh, jolting you awake, it's like, oh, cool. So mm -hmm. he's, he's getting up at this time. And does that work? So it knows when to sort of bring you out. Yeah. So, so when, when you start stirring or if, if you were to, to move, it, it kind of just brings you out. And it's, it's a very subtle haptic uh vibration Tap. on your wrist so it's, it's, it's yes it's really oh, quite interesting nice. yeah. like i'm wearing the studio underdog jellyfish field watch which has just been released this week the reason that uh, that the name of this underdog is appropriate for for what makes me pull the trigger on so many micro brands and that is that i love representing for the underdogs and I, I often feel increasingly cynical about the big dogs and how much money mm. they already have and how, you know, in every way that you, it, you know, for me in my professional life, in every way that I interact with a lot of these big box brands, you, you feel like sometimes you come out losing. Whether you buy a watch, whether you do a partnership deal, whether you do an event, you have these negotiations and often I just feel like, you know, I actually... More and more, I like representing for the underdogs, the small brands who are duking it out at the start of their journey. They're making great stuff. They're really committed to it. There's there's a consistency in the best of the micro brands, which is that they're not there for the quick buck. They're there for a career. They're there for mm. hopefully many generations. So I love and my why lately I wear so many micro brands as opposed to big box brands is not because I'm cynical about big box brands. Um, but because I identify more time and tides, punchy journey, about a thing times, punchy journey, we're kind of micro brands versus yeah. the big, big brands. And I just love that plucky spirit and I want to support them. You know, do I love them all? Do I think every watch I wear from a micro brand is perfect or a great, you know, watch that would beat a tutor in the category? No, but they're getting there and they're trying and they're often doing great things with the world against them. So that's mm. why, I, you know, I pulled the trigger on a lot of small brands because they are 
David against Goliath, and and I I like an underdog. I'm an Aussie. Aussies are hopelessly infatuated with underdogs, mm. and that's why I'm so into micro brands, and that's why I buy so many. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And there's something kind of like nice about, uh, you know, buying into a micro brand, which is using an existing movement, which, you know, has, it's like, okay, they're not necessarily going to be a brand that's going to be around for the next 50, 50 years or 100 years or whatever. So, does that mean you shouldn't buy it? Because, you know, can I get this repaired or fixed? And I actually like the fact that, you know, if it's got an Edda movement or a Salida or something like that, I'm like, that's good. Great. Like this does. The yeah. new underdog has a Swiss movement. So Dude, um upgraded awesome. in price, but this will this will last as long as I want it to. Yep. Because it's yeah. easily serviceable. Yeah. But um So there's something to yeah. be said about, you know, there's actually something to be said about non in house movements, which is like you know That's another topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> um I mean I'm I'm also wearing one of these new uh studio underdog fields. I'm wearing the Stephanie Blue version, which is uh it's really uh it's kind of cool. But actually my Is the loom going? Because you're in a dark place. The loom must be no, noticeable. No, I think it really needs a lot of light just to kind of charge it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a give it a hit. But here's an interesting thing. When I when we were doing season one and and as you know now, if you've watched the last episode, which I was in, and I told my story, and my watch was stolen, you guys started this segment, which was bring your own independent. And mm. I think that you guys, you did a studio, you showcased Studio Underdog maybe on Ep One or Two or something. Yeah. It was early, and actually, I saw that, and I was sitting there, and by the end of that episode, I'm like, I think I'm going to get that desert sky because you bought one yeah, oh, yeah i did and i did buy it and that was the first watch to start the healing process of not having the tudor in my wheelhouse right uh, now i didn't i didn't have a spare nice and segue I, yeah and i didn't have five grand to just go out and and replace the tudor just yet so and but what i was missing in my wheelhouse was like i just want something which just has a mechanical movement which is um I don't know, aesthetically nice to look at and whatever. And everything about that, the price point was great. I, I remember speaking to Adrian. He's just like, oh, yeah, no, Richard, I'll hook you up. And, you know, so I, I, I got the watch pretty quick after season one, really quick. <laughs> and, and I enjoyed it for a long time and I still wear that. And it's a really, it's a really it nice. It looks great color. on you, actually. Yeah. Really I, I got rid of the strap. The strap wasn't really for me. I, I found it too, too delicate. Um, it just doesn't match my character, but that's cool because you can strap hack, do whatever you like, you know. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, this is I, I, this is the first day that I've tried this new um, field watch from Studio Underdog, and I think that there's a lot of interesting elements and aspects to it. I think it's a I think it's a it's a pretty good evolution for the next move for him. I don't know. What do you guys think of that one? Yeah, we, it'll be interesting to see how, how the market responds because I, I, I feel like it's, it's a more, I think it's playful in to the same level as the chronographs, but for a different eye, perhaps. I think for perhaps a more of a watch geek eye, mm. you will then see the playfulness. You you To to understand the dial, you have to have experienced other dials mm. to appreciate the, the detail and and the impressiveness about yeah, it well to, to understand the loom you need to be experienced with the loom and, and appreciate the nuances around it and and how the dial's being constructed it's it's a very cleverly 
creative dial. Yeah, I, and I think the loom, the loom is probably where it's going to punch the hardest um, from a from a difference perspective um, and a uniqueness. It feels a little sort of nice and simplistic and a little a little almost Bauhaus Bauhaus esque. Sort of reminds me. It's a little nod to Nomos almost if you sort yeah. of quickly glance at it. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, and the lugs are really kind of interesting and narrowed down. It's like wow. Okay. I think the thing that's going to keep it interesting for this collection is it's just so rich in those kind of hashtag details that watch lovers like. Mm, so it'll yeah. people when they get it, they're going to discover things about it. Like I've I've been lucky to have these for a while. It's definitely on the dainty and small side. I'm not going to lie. It's 37 mil. It's 45 or 46 millimeter lug to lug. So it is really small on the wrist and the strap. The the lug. Width is narrow as well. I haven't actually yeah. measured it them with like calipers. But sixteen or eighteen or something. It's like it's yes, eighteen. It's yeah. Very thin, and you've got a ta- yeah. you've even got a tapered strap. So this this is a very delicate watch uh, to, in terms of the um, the presence on wrist. So this is the pink lemonade, and I think the question I've been asked the most this week was, so which one should I get? Which one's going to be the watermelon? And I, I do I tend to think that the mm. the pink lemonade is going to be the one that everyone chases because it has that, as you said, Adrian, it has that studio underdog flavor. Mm. And that's mm. that's a very distinctive... He has created a sort of a... almost like a, a lolly flavor to watchmaking that's, <laughs> that everyone can't get enough of, the sugary hit they get from a, a studio underdog. And this one has that sugary hit. You can taste the... You can really taste this one on the tongue looking at it. This is the mm. pink lemonade on my wrist now with this gradient from yellow. It is like a cocktail. You know how the colors in a cocktail just very, very, sugary. very. Yeah. 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 Mm. But no, I think he's done He's done really well. But as you said, Adrian, this is a, this would be, I'd say, more of a niche watch. Like my dad would just be like, I'm not going to wear that. That's yeah. too yeah. small. You've, you've, um, you've got to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I hope you've understood us because this has been uh, uh, our second Marcus podcast and mm. it's it's been different to our usual style, but... No, but, but I'm, I'm glad we captured Marcus's uh, journey of, of um, yeah. wooden watches via Zenith <laughs> and landing on a, yeah. on, a, on a Tudor. All the stuff that you, you <laughs> can't say. Just a little, a, little, a little private sort of admission or confession. Adrian edits our episodes too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody captain! (laughs) (laughs) But I I think the challenge is 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 is, is YouTube is is a fickle little beast, Um, and 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 you can get lost in the data of of uh, retention and and drop off points, and um, it's it's and and that's the fun thing about podcasts is you don't have to worry about that. Mm. You aren't trying to keep the 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 that, that that tiny niche attention because this this is long form you listen to a podcast because you want a conversation i love putting on podcasts and and just getting lost and, and feeling part of the conversation feeling like i'm in the room i'm i'm just a quiet one in the corner listening mm-hmm. and that's that's the great thing about mm-hmm. podcasts and, and that's, that's one of the frustrating things that i find with youtube is especially when you have adhd and you go off on tangents all the time and you end up recording for an hour and using three and a half minutes of it but but but, but with youtube it, it it is it is an art around that um uh, so I, I, I think it, the, the episode came out great, and, and they're just they were just offshoot chats. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun to kind of keep these things. It's a for, good place for, for it here for for the inner circle. It's, yeah. it's, it's cool. That's great. But guys, thanks so much for um, subscribing to the podcast and, and joining in and, and supporting what we do. We we uh, 
we hugely appreciate it and and you chaps Marcus, Andrew, and Darren, I, thanks for And I appreciate you too. Logging on. Adrian, if I could, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. All jokes aside, I love you, mate. Yeah, you fuck go. you, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't how we do, Marcus. You were doing so well. Um, Dazza, thank you for, for making this uh, audio mess it's something that people can listen to and enjoy. Uh, and, oh, and the if next anyone- episode. Is there another episode? episode? Oh, the episode's coming out. That's not going to be in sequence with this podcast, no. but there is an episode oh, coming not. this weekend, which we're excited about because, Marcus, how, how, <laughs> yes. how, how much have you done of that episode? <laughs> Zero. And Zero. I have to do it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Horrible. Is that going to work? Yeah. Do we need to postpone it? No, I, I, nah. Andrew mentioned it yesterday, and, and he's just like, dude, have you uh, done the episode for this Sunday? I'm like, wait, what? He's like, no, it's not this <laughs> Sunday, is it? It's because you have spent days and days and days answering every single comment on the last episode true story uh so time has gotten away from you but no we will be Mm. fine uh i won't mention what the episode is because it'll be out of sequence just in case um um, marcus yeah uh yeah maybe we should wrap and (laughs) and hit the edit suite (laughs) yeah well adrian i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna edit him down maybe you could help him build as well just a suggestion you know be constructive for once in your life it's about time I edit one of my home. I haven't put a video up for two weeks now. <laughs> and I'm not going to make this weekend. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, All right, guys, All right. thanks for tuning in. Signing we'll see off. you guys soon. See you next Cheers. time. Thank Ciao. you. Bye. Bye.